There's much debate in the wholesaling community whether it's best to find a deal first and then a cash buyer, or if it's better to find the cash buyer first and then the deal. Now, I actually did a survey recently on my channel asking this very question, and in less than 24 hours, more than 1,200 people took the survey. Renee Martinez commented, I think the cash buyer should come first because that will give you a guideline as to what to look for and market to. But then Eric Heber said, kind of hard to find a cash buyer that'll take you serious if you have nothing to present to them. But then I Love Skittles 835 said, finding the cash buyer should come first so you know what their criteria is and can submit deals easily and quickly. Nothing is more annoying than getting the deal under contract but not having a buyer. But then Wonderboy514 said, finding the deal comes first. You can solve the problem of finding a cash buyer when it actually becomes a problem. Because if you don't have a deal, there's no purpose for having a cash buyer. And these are all good points for both sides of the argument. So what's the right answer? Deal first or cash buyer first? On this video, I'm gonna resolve this age old debate once and for all, but I'm gonna make you work for it. Let's start first with cash buyer first, then find the deal. This is what most wholesaling educators teach. The reason is if you can find an active cash buyer or several active cash buyers in your market, then you can learn exactly what they want. You'll know the areas where they invest, the kinds of properties they like and don't like, as well as their buy formula. In the wholesaling industry, we often refer to a cash buyer's deal criteria as their buy box. The idea is once you understand a cash buyer's buy box, then you can farm for deals and make offers on distressed properties that meet their exact buy box. In fact, let's take it a step further. If you have a strong relationship with your cash buyer, he or she could possibly help you with your underwriting or analysis process when you find a good lead. In other words, your cash buyer may be willing to look at your potential deal before you lock it up with the seller and tell you their exact buy price for that deal. By doing so, as the wholesaler, you know exactly what price to contract it for with the seller locking in your wholesale fee because you have a ready cash buyer on the hook. Your cash buyer could even provide you proof of funds and the earnest money deposit if that's required. This overall strategy of cash buyer first, deal second is sometimes called reverse wholesaling and makes a lot of sense for new and aspiring wholesalers who lack the knowledge, experience, and confidence to underwrite deals without first having a ready cash buyer for the deal. In fact, that's exactly how my finder program works. I flip houses all over the US, and if you find a deal that meets my criteria, I'll buy it and pay you $10,000. I even give you proof of funds and cover the earnest money deposit. Now, if that sounds exciting to you, go to my10kcheck.com to learn more. Now let's talk about finding the deal first and then the cash buyer. The biggest argument for deal first, buyer second, is that between the two, finding a deal is the hardest part. And since it requires the most time and effort, that is where you should focus your energy. And once you do actually get a good deal, finding a buyer is easy. Why do you think cash buyers don't find their own deals and instead buy from wholesalers? Because they know how much work it takes to consistently find and acquire good deals. In my nearly 20 years experience, I have never not found a cash buyer for my deal assuming it was actually a good deal, especially if you know how to find the ideal buyer for your deal. Now, since I wholesale in remote markets, I often have to find a cash buyer from scratch. I actually teach a technique for how to find all of the cash buyers 
in the same neighborhood as your deal and how to contact those cash buyers. These are the most ideal cash buyers because flippers love to do repeat flips in the same neighborhoods. Now to learn this technique, I'll put a link to that video in the description below and you can check it out later. So at the end of the day, neither way is wrong and both arguments make a lot of sense. So which is the correct strategy? Deal first or cash buyer first? Well, it really comes down to a personal preference, but let me help you make a more informed and educated decision. Let's consider two important factors. First is the market conditions. When the market is up and it's a seller's market, then finding and buying good deals is really hard because there are more buyers than houses and selling deals is really easy because there are so many buyers. Now in a seller's market, everyone wants to do real estate and the market is flooded with cash buyers. They are everywhere and it takes very little effort to find a buyer for your deal. And since it's easy to find a cash buyer, you don't even need to worry about it. Instead, focus on the hardest part, which is finding a good deal. In the recent market boom, I spent 10 times more effort on acquisitions and hardly any effort on dispositions. So in an up market like we experienced in 2020 and 2021, it made way more sense to focus on the deal first, buyer second, but when the market corrects or it's a declining market, the opposite effect happens. In a down market, when it's a buyer's market, finding deals becomes easier and finding buyers becomes harder because there are more homes and less buyers in the market. As of this recording, the market is declining and I've talked to several major wholesalers I know and it's estimated in many markets that up to 70% of cash buyers have left the market. iBuyers are out of business, hedge funds stop buying, buy and hold investors can't cash flow with high interest rates and the novice flippers who overpaid are stuck with properties they can't sell. That means all that's left is legit cash buyers who are well capitalized. In a down market, since finding deals gets easier and finding cash buyers gets harder, it makes more sense to focus on building and sustaining cash buyer relationships. In a down market, you better find out what the remaining cash buyers new adjusted buy criteria is. For example, if you take me personally, I've been flipping houses for nearly 20 years. I continued buying and flipping houses right through the 2008 market crash, and I will continue to buy and flip right through this current market correction. But make no mistake, I am adjusting my buy formula to anticipate market depreciation. My point is, during a down market, it makes a lot of sense to build, nurture, and stay close to your cash buyers. I recently did a video where I explained how to make yourself irreplaceable to your cash buyers and how it's critical right now to become a full service wholesaler. Now I'll put a link to that video in the description below for you. The second factor to consider when deciding between deal first or buyer first is your ability to do both functions simultaneously. The reality is that acquisitions and dispositions is not one or the other. Both are two completely independent functions of wholesaling. The most successful wholesalers are always doing both. They're finding deals and at the same time, they're building their cash buyer relationships. It's not either or, but both. If you take a look at this diagram, I run my wholesale business with acquisitions being a completely independent function or department and operations or dispositions being its own separate independent department. In fact, in my fast track mentorship, I teach step-by-step -step how to quickly build a thriving wholesale business doing five deals or more consistently every month. Now, if you wanna take wholesaling from a side hustle to a six and even seven figure income, go to fasttrackwithjerry.com to learn more. And if you want this blueprint, I'll give it to you for free, link in the description.
Your ultimate goal as a wholesaler is to perform both functions at the same time, but what if you're new and you have limited time and experience? Now, if you had to choose one or the other, which is the best? In my opinion, even in a current down market, I still think if you had to choose, it's best to find a deal first and find the buyer second for three primary reasons. Reason number one is it's difficult to build a relationship with a legit cash buyer, not to mention not a good use of time, without first having a deal or potential deal. Think about it. You call up a cash buyer and you say, hey, I'm a new wholesaler. If I find a deal, will you buy it? What's he gonna say? If it were me and I was the cash buyer, I'd say, yeah, if you bring me a good deal, I'll buy it. Now go find a good deal and stop wasting my time. You see, most cash buyers don't have the time to hold your hand. However, if you call up a cash buyer and you say, I have a contract right now and I think it might be a good deal. Can you take a look and let me know if you're interested? Now you can have a high level conversation. Now that cash buyer will wanna talk to you. Now he'll spend time and give you feedback and he'll let you know why it's a deal or it's not a deal. I believe it's a much better use of time to only contact cash buyers when you have a deal to talk about. The same holds true when raising money. If you call a private money investor and you say, if I find a good deal, will you lend me the money? He'll say, call me back when you actually have a deal. Whereas if you call a private lender and you say, here's the deal, it closes in three weeks, will you fund it? Now you can have a meaningful conversation. You may be thinking, yeah, but Jerry, I don't wanna lock up a contract just to find out I don't have a deal. Good point. I have two solutions for that. First, learn how to buy good deals. I show extensively here on my channel how to find, analyze, and offer on distressed properties so that you get contracts that you can wholesale. In my finder program, I give you all of the tools and training you need to get good deals. Don't shortcut your own success. Learning how to quickly underwrite distressed properties is a critical skill to learn if you wanna become a successful wholesaler. Now, I'll put a link to a video in the description below that breaks down exactly how to analyze deals. The second solution to locking up contracts that may not be good deals is to make sure you have a minimum seven to 10 day inspection contingency clause in your contract and that you are fully transparent with the seller or agent that you need time for due diligence. Then during your inspection contingency, take your deal to your cash buyers. Based on their feedback, you can renegotiate your price or terminate the contract. For example, let's say you're in my finder program and you lock up a deal for $150,000 with a 10-day inspection clause. And after I review it, I tell you I need to be at $140,000 and I explain exactly why. So during your inspection contingency, you go back to the seller and using the feedback I gave you, you renegotiate a lower price to $140,000. Not only did you learn valuable information from me as your cash buyer, but you also solidified our relationship as someone I can count on in the future. Bottom line is either way works. It's not that one is right or wrong. Whatever method you decide, do it and do it with passion. The real question you should be asking is, which method will yield you the greatest return on investment of your time, energy, and effort? As long as you're asking that question every single day, you'll do just fine. Now, if you found this video helpful, leave a comment and say, Jerry, thanks for helping to clarify. You are a flipping genius, and I'll see you on the next video.